offer is when essentially a coach has viewed your information, uh, feels that you would be a suitable candidate, and, and, and they're they're attracted to, to the athlete that you are. And there's there's nothing more important for a college coach uh, than actually being able to see the athlete. You know, in, in sport, for example, they're going to have more bad games than they are good games. The only person who has more good games than bad games is Ronaldo and Messi. Welcome, everybody, to the 10th episode of the NSR podcast. Happy Friday, uh, or if you're listening to it tomorrow, which is Saturday, happy Saturday, or whatever day you're listening to the podcast, just have a happy day. Um, obviously, the Swannies lost on the weekend, unfortunately, uh, but the Cowboys are still going strong in the NRL, so hopefully they get a win over the um, Roosters this weekend. The Matildas had a you know two big wins over Brazil the last couple of days. How good is Sam Kerr going? She's definitely the best female footballer in the world at the moment. She's, she's unreal. Um, anyways, today we'll be doing a little bit of a recap. Um, it's our 10th episode, obviously, so we thought uh, we would, would recap everything that we've covered so far. So if you've missed a few episodes here and there, um, no sweat. We're going to cover everything today. Um, we'll go over the, the key pieces of information from each episode. So it's going to be really good. There'll also be show notes available, obviously, at the um, at the end, they will be emailed to you. Uh, if you don't get them emailed to you, if you're not on the program, you can access them on our website. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's going to be really sort of a really cool episode and may go for a little bit longer than usual. So um, yeah, make sure you listen in uh, and you'll get all the, the sort of key information from, from the past nine episodes. Righto, let's get straight into it. In the first episode, we spoke about college offers. I know it seems like a long time ago that, that this first podcast came out, but uh, we basically asked the question, what is an offer? How do they come about and what type of offers you know can an athlete receive? So let's have a, a listen back into that episode and, and hear what uh, Matt and myself had to talk about. An offer is when essentially a coach has viewed your information uh, feels that you would be a suitable candidate and, and, and they're, they're attracted to, to the athlete that you are and, and essentially invite you to be a part of their program. Um, that offer can, can come with scholarship. Um, that offer can come from a school that's not allowed to, to offer scholarship. So it could be, could be a, either, either way. Uh, so how do you figure out what schools are suitable for each individual athlete? Well, the simple answer is that there is no simple answer. Um, every single athlete is different, and you know I think the the, the thing is you have to give respect to, to both sides of the equation. Um, the first and most important thing is is the academic side. You're, you're a student before you're an athlete. When you're a student athlete, um, so that, that's where we'll start. We'll, you have to be able to sit there and uh, determine where your grades um, will will qualify for. For admission, um, based on your, your your GPA as well as your SAT or ACT standardized test score, um, they don't use ATAR scores and things like that. They're going to use um, your your accumulative GPA from year nine through twelve on a four point scale, uh, as well as the combination of your standardized test score, which is either the SAT or the ACT. Um, so the College Board, which is the organization that that runs the SAT, they have a really good search engine and a really good tool uh, called Big Future. Um, It it allows you to really look 
at, at all schools across the country and, and look at admission standards, look at SAT requirements, ACT requirements, uh, and, and get sort of an understanding as to where your individual grades fit in, because that's the first thing that you, you've got to look at. Um, once you figure out what schools that you can get into, you, you then have to do the research and figure out what schools offer the coursework that you want to study. Um, so very first thing is, is, is strictly academic. Um, from that point, it's, it's figuring out where your ability as an athlete fits in to, to the spectrum of, of 2,600 plus institutions. Um, you know, are, are you a super high level athlete that's, that's also super academic? You're going to open the door to a lot of different schools. Uh, if you're a super high level athlete and, and, and mediocre academically, uh, then you're going to cut down on some of those schools, but there's still going to be a handful of options out there. Um, if you're super high academic and, and not you know, super high athletic, there's still a, a heap of options out there for you. Um, it's just about really figuring out where your ability stands in comparison to all the different divisions, competitions, everything, and then you know, really going out and, 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 and approaching coaches. That's, that's really the... Uh, the, the key um, trial and error and, and using the feedback that you receive from each program to, to sort of plan your next move. Now, episode two was a, a really important topic and, and something that's unfamiliar to a lot of people here in Australia. We spoke about the junior and community college pathway. Um, so we asked questions like what, what is a junior college? How are they different from normal four year colleges and universities? Uh, what are the pros and cons of this pathway? So uh, let's let's have a listen in and, and see what was said. What are junior and community colleges? Well, basically, a junior college or community college is uh, it's a two-year college that provides the first two years of a four-year bachelor's degree. Um, so they, they provide the first two years of your undergraduate coursework. Once you complete those two years... Uh, you then transfer on uh, to do your third and fourth year um, at, at either a four-year college or a university. And then once you've completed that four years, um, you've, you've got an undergraduate bachelor's degree, bachelor of arts, bachelor of science. Um, and, and essentially, if you do two years at a junior college, two years at a bigger college, it's the exact same four years as if you were to spend all four years in one school, either a four-year college or a university. Um, a lot of people especially here in Australia and New Zealand, they'll, they'll compare a community college to a TAFE or, or a vocational school. Um, and look, that, that's just human nature uh, to compare things to what you know you have in your own country or what you're used to. Um, so I don't blame anybody for doing that. But you, when, you, when you're comparing the American education system and the Australian education system, you're really comparing an apple with an orange. They're, they're two uh, different things. Um, look, they, they, they all really end at the same result with, with an undergraduate education, um, but the way that the, the systems are designed are, are just a little bit different. Episode three was a, another great episode, as they all are. Um, we spoke about the athlete profile, so we covered a few different sort of bits and pieces, but what, uh, I guess the main question was, what are coaches looking for? Um, what are they looking for in an athletic profile? What information needs to be displayed on the profile? So let's have a listen in and, and uh, hear what, what we spoke about. 
what's the most important piece of information on an athlete's profile? What what is the one thing that coaches need to see? Footage, footage by far, uh, Jacob. There's there's nothing more important for a college coach uh, than actually being able to see the athlete. One of the disadvantages that international students have got is that obviously a, an American coach can't actually watch them play live, and so they're relying on on footage and. And sometimes we, we get asked the question, well, how much footage should we send? How do we record the footage? Is a handheld camera the, the right type of uh, the right type of camera to use? Well, I guess the, the simple sort of answer to, to that question is the more footage, the better. The more a coach can actually evaluate an athlete, the easier it is for them to actually be able to make a decision on the athlete. I guess, Jacob, I, I know this is your podcast, but I've got a question for you. Like, who would you rather recruit? A student who's got one set of footage, maybe one minute long, or a student who's been able to show a progression of footage over a 12, 18, 24, 36-month process? Well, obviously, I'd, I'd rather take an athlete with, with more footage, footage that they've gathered over a number of years so I can track their development and, and improvement. What other sort of bits of information needs to be on an athlete's profile for a coach to see? Coaches' references, teachers' references... Um, achievements, pictures, statistics, um, and, and, and not in that particular order, but if we just sort of go through coaches' references, it's it, it gives a coach a, a realistic understanding of what a coach thinks of you, of your attitude, um, you know, is he timely, does he, does he miss any training sessions, um, is he a committed athlete, things like that are going to be really important for a coach to read. Teachers, teachers' references are key as well because obviously you are a student-athlete, emphasis on the word student uh, before athlete. So is he a committed student? D- does he mess around in class or does he not mess around in class? Like Things like that are going to play a vital part. So getting teachers' references is, is, is key as well. Um, athletic achievements or, or a sporting resume. Again, that's, that's a question that comes up all the time. Mums and dads ask us, how, how much info should we put on onto a, uh, onto a resume? Well, I guess the, the the more the better. Obviously, they don't want to know if you were the man of the match in an under sevens game, um, like like many games that that, that I played in. Um, that wouldn't work wouldn't work in, in in favor. But I think up until you know from thirteen fourteen years old, it's important to show as much of your achievements as possible. And again, don't be shy. A profile is not the time or setting up a, when, when setting up a profile. It's not the time to be humble. It's actually the time to to express yourself and show everything that you've that you've achieved understanding your athletic ability and potential that's what we covered in in episode four um so where exactly can you and will you fit in uh it's a difficult sort of subject to cover because there's so many different variables that come into play when when finding opportunities but um let's have a a listen in and, and hear some of the key points from this episode can you just briefly touch on, I guess, the divisions within college and the standard or level of competition within each each division? Yeah, definitely. So um, all of us know about the NCAA Division One, uh, and most international students, everybody wants to be in a, in a, in a top level Division One program. Um, and I think a big reason for that is because that's that's what you see in mainstream media. It's it's who's televised the most. It's it's the information that you get uh, about. You know, U.S. college, and that's the UCLA's, the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns, um, <laughs> the Stanford's, the Harvard's, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, all all these different programs that you see 
like I said, on ESPN or, or, or in the NCAA tournaments that, that are aired. But, you know, you, you probably never heard of Luther College. You probably never heard of Kenyon College. You probably never heard of Tyler Junior College or Eastern Florida State College. Um, you know, Hastings College. I could go on and on and on. But, um, you know, these, these are teams that are competing outside of the mainstream spotlight but are putting out competitive standards that rival – you know the, the the top levels that you see on TV. So um, it's just a you know it's it's a big diverse system and 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 there's great competitive standards really in in every single division. Where do you where do you even start? You know how do we know where we're at athletically here in Australia or or wherever it may be compared to a college in the states? Uh, that's a great question, Jacob. Um, and the most important thing. To, to be successful in this whole venture is, is that you have to be realistic about what your options are. Um, your mom and your dad, you as an athlete, you know, more often than not, you're, you're fantastic. You, I mean, you're the best that, that exists, you know, and that's, and, and that's, that's normal. You know, every, every parent thinks that their, their kids are, are, are phenomenal and, and I don't blame you for that at all. Uh, and, and every athlete tends to think their ability maybe a little bit better than what it is. Um, but then there's some that, that are realistic. So it, it's, it's really, you know, it, it comes down to, to you and, and where you're competing and, you know, what sort of standard of an athlete that, that, that you are. So it's a little bit easier with what I call numerical sports, um, sports like swimming, track and field, golf, uh, where, you know, your, your results and, and your ability is, you know, quantifiable by, by numbers. You know, you, you can compare what you're running a particular distance over or swimming a particular distance uh, with, with a time or, or with a handicap if you're a golfer. Uh, and, and then you can take that handicap or you can take those times and you can compare those with that of national qualifying times at, at schools across every single division. So, look, those, that, that's what makes it a little bit easier to sort of figure out where you fit in in those kind of sports. Uh, but then team sports is is it's a different animal altogether because they're, they're, what I call them they're, they're opinion sports. You know y- your ability and and sometimes these can be cruel, but your ability is determined more often than not by somebody else's opinion of your abilities, not what you think you are or, or how great your parents think you are. Episode five, we had uh, high performance manager Michael Chiaviti come in and, and jump on the podcast. We spoke about how you can prepare yourself athletically for college. Um, so we covered some important information in regards to athletic preparation. You know, what can you do in order to prepare yourself for college? What can you do now to better yourself? You know, for for when you do actually go over. Um, so let's let's go to that podcast and, and have a listen in. How far out should an athlete start preparing themselves athletically for, for a college preseason? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, look, my simple answer is now. You know, start start doing it now, regardless of whether you've got three or four years or, or 12 months. Realistically, I think the truth of the matter is that your US counterparts, so the athletes that you're hoping to go over there and take a college spot away from, which is exactly what's happening, are in the process of doing it right now. I was lucky enough to to visit the US a couple of years ago and, and, and pop into a couple of privately owned athletic training facilities. And I was shocked 
to see you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old athletes uh, during the school holidays rather than going to do a holiday clinic, a soccer clinic or a, or a basketball clinic. These guys were in two-week intensive athletic development camps with the sole purpose of preparing them to try and get a college scholarship. So um, I guess the, the big thing is probably not just the physical preparation, but just we want our athletes to familiarize themselves with the training methods and the systems that they're going to have to get accustomed to when they get there. So it's as much about education as it is about physically preparing. But if I had to say a minimum requirement, I would say 18 months out, you, you want to probably start doing some strength and conditioning that's specific to what you're going to do when you get to college. Episode six was another great episode. Uh, we spoke about degree recognition and credit transfer, so maybe not as exciting as, as some of the other podcasts, but certainly you know, was full of really important, uh, important information. So um, let's have a listen in and, and see what was said. If I head over to the States, will my degree be recognized back here in Australia or New Zealand? The short answer is, of course it will. But, you know, obviously, like, depending on what you're studying and what you're doing, there there's there could be some other things that, that need to be done. But you have to look at it in, in a sense that there there's over a, a million and a half international students studying in the United States from every country of the world. So, so to think that over a million and a half students are there studying things that aren't recognized upon their return is, I think it's a little bit ludicrous in a sense. Um, because any degree-granting institution anywhere in the world is going to hold an accreditation. Same thing for for every degree-granting institution in the United States. There's over 4,500 of them that, that are providing post-secondary qualifications, so post-high school qualifications. So in, in order to actually be able to do that, they have to hold an accreditation so that you know that what you're receiving is actually you know a proper qualification. Just in any business out there, um, think about you know the kids that, that grow up in Melbourne, uh, or grow up in Sydney and, and, you know, they go to high school there and then they go to uni there and then they, they get a degree there and then they try and join the workforce there. And, and, and all while living at home with mom and dad, of course, um, yeah. you know, very, very little independence. Look, not everybody, but for the most part, to save money, you're living at home, you're doing all that in the same place. And then you're, you're battling for the same jobs as, as all those kids that are doing the exact same thing as you. Whereas, you look at the student that goes overseas and, and if nothing else, just to hear about the experience that you had, that's worth five extra minutes in an interview. And that may be the five extra minutes that you need to put you in front of any other candidate. You, you know, it's, it's sitting there and saying, oh, you, you, you know, you, you, oh, you got a business management degree and you got it, you got it where? You got, you got it. Kansas. T- Kansas. <laughs> where, I didn't, can, where's Kansas? Yeah. Um, you know, but, but and well, tell me more about that, you know, like. Episode seven, I spoke with uh, Matt and, and Marco from, from here in the office. Uh, we covered, a, I guess, a pretty touchy subject and, and one that's sort of a little bit harder to, to cover. Um, we, we spoke about a trait that needs to be instilled early, and, and that's resilience. Um, again, it's a sort of a pretty difficult topic. We spoke about parents and their role in their kids' journey and how they can help you know their kids after they, they depart. Uh, we also spoke about what the athletes can do to, I guess, settle in a little bit easier and adjust quicker. So let's let's have a, a listen to this episode. 
after my first two years, I think I only played a total of about 120 minutes, which for me was was hard, but um, it was definitely a learning experience because um, you find out I was coming from Perth. I was training with the Glory Youth and then also with um, what would be NPL, but back then it was just State League. I was training with the, with the under-20s and, and training with the first team. And uh, you find out really you're, you're a big fish in a small pond until you get over there. You've got, you got kids from, from all over Europe, the UK, so Central and South America. And um, it, it's sort of hard to, hard to sort of compete with, with those right away. And for me, it was a bit of a... A reality check because I, I, I thought I was going to come in there be the superstar goalkeeper to, to find out I'm, I'm, I'm really at best I was, in my first year I was, I was third string. We all know that life is, is, is going to be difficult whether it's sport or business or work it's never going to be easy you know in, in sport for example they're going to have more bad games than they are good games the only person who has more good games than bad games is Ronaldo and Messi <laughs> and even then people still whistle when Ronaldo doesn't score three goals a game. He only um, scores two and, and, and he misses the third and he correct. gets booed. And so any, anybody out there who, who's played at a, at a high level will tell you the same thing. You're going to have more bad games than good games. You're going to have more bad coaches than good coaches. Now, what makes a bad coach? Well, in my, you know, in, in my experience, a bad coach is the one who doesn't play you. Simple as that. If I look back at, at all the coaches who I think are my best coaches, um, people like, like Jeff, Jeff Oliver, who hopefully he's listening to this, these guys were my favourite coaches. Why? Because you were playing. Because I was playing. Correct. <laughs> now, does it mean that they're a better coach than somebody else? Well, again, we, we, we don't know. But from my experience, these coaches were better because I was playing. The journey of the mum and dad is super important because it's going to be too easy for you guys to attach yourselves emotionally to the athletes. And the athletes will call you. Your children will call you. They will tell you that they miss you. And with social media nowadays, it's even worse because they're connected to their friends on Facebook, they're connected to their friends on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and the rest of it, and so they're constantly getting reminders of what's back home. Yeah, even even for me, I mean, seven years ago, back in, in twenty ten, like it was it was the same. Like I was uh, and Skype, like I'd call my parents every every second day. I'd look at my friends on Facebook, and and it is sort of hard if you, if you coop yourself up in your room and just thinking about home, always talking to people from home, rather than going out and and make, making new friends and and experiencing the culture that you're in. It, it's it's sort of going to sort of cloud your vision and make you realize that you, it just makes you think you don't want to be there, and uh, you're going to miss out on an amazing experience. And, well, because it's human nature. Yeah, you, you, you're going to attach yourself emotionally. To, to what makes you feel better. And you'll feel like you're missing out on everything at home, but when really you're going to be missing out on everything to do at, at, at college and, and to the community there as well. Episode 8 was uh, a really exciting one. We spoke with um, Joe and Scott Caulfield, the parents of, of Matt Caulfield, who is currently overseas playing golf um, at Mount Mercy University. So we spoke with them. I asked them a few a few different questions on, on their experience. So... Let's have a listen in and see what they had to say. Once the ball started to, to get rolling and you guys were involved, obviously a lot more, how did you find the, the process? Were you overwhelmed at all with you know, the information that was sent or, or that you guys were researching? Because uh, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of bits and pieces that, that sort of need to happen and, and come into place to, to actually make the opportunity a reality and, and go to the other side of the world, essentially. Were you ever overwhelmed with anything or...? Oh, look, definitely. I think um, at first it, it was a bit confusing because I think we were quite naive and just thought everything would be laid out on a platter for us. So um, I think very early on, once I started reading your web or, you know, reading, um, watching YouTube and just reading on the other 
golfers or athletes that were getting picked up, I soon learned, um, you know, we had to do our own homework ourselves, which I just made it a Monday night routine, just get that routine happening. Um, and the more research we did, the more we realised it, it benefited Matt in what we knew yeah. as a family, so we could talk amongst ourselves as well. And um, it, um, it just educated us on the differences between, you know, the junior college, the NCAA, the NAIA, and um, just just understanding it all, so we didn't have to ring you guys every day yeah. like we did in the in the early days, but, yeah. which is a bonus as well because we've personally got to know you all, and you kind of feel like a part of a family, to be honest. How was the support from the coaching staff as well? Was was coach always there to answer your your questions or, or Matt's questions as well? Yeah, we basically we pass that role on to Matt. Um, I would email myself the coach or um, international student um, advisor Catherine if I had any questions as a parent but if Matt had any questions we encouraged him to um, message the coach let him know what he was up to let him know about the new golf clubs he just bought if he was playing a competition you know you update the coach and let him know and and coach Luke was fantastic he would reply and you know encourage Matt to you know you know you know move on you know, if things hadn't worked out for a particular game and um, just very encouraging and very passionate about, you know, just giving that confidence within and uh, and belief. Yeah. So um, they got, you know, they were messaging each other weekly before he went, probably two, three months before he left, he left for America. So that yeah. was really lovely to see as well as a parent. Yeah, look, I think in the first few days he got there, it... It wasn't really overwhelming for him either, which was really nice to know. But the mm-hmm. thing that um, he did say to us was just how he, he imagined, but just so much better. And yeah. that's just stuck so well with us. And um, yeah, put tears to my eyes because you couldn't ask for a better start, to be honest. And the final episode, episode nine, which was last week's episode, um, we covered a question that, that really comes up on a daily basis uh, in the office here. And that question is what is the best college for me or you or, or anyone uh, what's the best fit in terms of a college and, and as I said it's a question that comes up on a daily basis and it is a more difficult question to answer because so you know every athlete and, and every student is different everyone's working with different budgets people have different preferences it's it's a really sort of difficult one to to tackle but we did our best so listen in and, and hear what was said Every school has different standards. So you, you're really breaking it down. You're looking at 2,800 individual institutions, regardless of what division, what area of the country that they're in. Um, and then to make it even harder, uh, every student athlete is different. You know, it, it, They bring different attributes. They've got different academic capabilities. They want to study different things. You know, and, and then on top of that, you've got all the coaches that are, that are looking at these athletes uh, and, and how they feel that the athlete is going to fit into their system. So, you know, you can Google things as much as you want and you can try and research as much as you want, but you can't Google the human element. And, and that's probably the one thing that, that makes this process as difficult as it is. What would you say that the biggest challenge is when, when searching and, and finding that, I guess, perfect or best fit college for, for each individual athlete? Well, Jacob, it's, it's a question that comes up all the time. Like, what's the best college to go to? What's the best soccer program? What's the best basketball program? Um, in reality, that that term doesn't actually mean anything because the best basketball program or the best golf program or the best college to get into has nothing to do with you as an individual. Like Ultimately, 
what the question you should be asking is, what's the best college that my ability can get me into? What's the best team that my academics can get me into? What's the best fit financially for, for me? They're the questions that you should be asking. So it's reframing and, and understanding, the, I guess, what you're trying to find is the best team, the best college for you that meets your ability, your academic ability, your financial capabilities, your preferences. Um, and, which one's really, yeah, definitely. And, and I think the way to do that is to remove the thinking that, you know, it's about what you want and understanding that the best place for you is 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 going to be the you know the school or the coaches that look at you and feel that you're going to make an impact in their program it's you know quite frankly it's not about what you think you know it's 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 not what you think is right for you it's it's somebody else's opinion of you and this is the same for for not just college, getting into college this is for for any sport um, and and for any club and for any level if you want to go there more than they want you to go there, then it's not the right fit. Yeah. So essentially it's eliminating your own personal sort of views on yourself and taking into account what other people have to yeah. say. Yeah. Right. So the, the main sort of point um, of this, this particular episode of the podcast was just to recap everything that was covered in the past sort of nine weeks, two months, obviously we've covered a variety of different topics and there's lots and lots of information that, that goes with each topic. So we just thought we'd give you a bit of a recap. If you did miss some episodes uh, earlier, then you know certainly listen to, listen to this episode to, to get the key pieces of information. We'll be back next week. We'll start a new, a new series with new questions. We'll be speaking with new parents and new athletes. So yeah, make sure you listen in next week. We'll we'll be covering another another really important topic. Thanks guys. Awesome.